0: what's up everyone welcome back to the high wrestling podcast more specifically episode 37 there's a lot to talk about and i'm already pretty fucking high which is why i didn't start the episode with the bong grip but i will pack a bowl for later on because i'm learning slowly but surely that i can't snap the bong like i used to not saying that I've lost my touch in terms of snapping the bong which is for those who don't smoke and just listen for the wrestling when you snap a bowl a bowl is a piece on the bong where you put the weed in, you light it and you smoke it. Bong is a pipe with water versus like a regular pipe snapping the bowl or snapping the bong is lighting the entire bowl and the size of the bowl can vary depending on the bong the bigger the bong the bigger the bowl usually snapping the entire bowl would probably be more ideal like snapping would be more ideal like on a pipe. Or like a small bong. But not on the size of bong that I have. I have to go back to cornering. Because I have a bong that is extremely large. Not extremely large, but it's bigger than my old bong. And it's not as fun snapping the big bong. Than it is the smaller bong. I don't even know where the, oh it's on top of my microwave i was like i don't know where the fuck it went i will post a size comparison for context with when i put this episode out but when you see the size comparison you will understand why i cannot snap my current bong i have to corner so i made the mistake of starting the episode snapping the bong I had to take a minute but now I'm back and with that explanation I think we're back back so Welcome to the High Wrestling Podcast, episode 37, specifically. um, Lots to talk about, lots to talk about. We're talking Raw, SmackDown, kind of. Mainly Survivor Series because everything was just build up to Survivor Series. Dynamite. There's one match on Rampage that I cared about which was FTR and top flight and I realized that I've been slacking on the horror content and on the podcast so I decided that I will share my top 10 horror movies of all time and why there won't be like long drawn out explanations but It's until I actually find the headspace to sit down and watch something. Because if I'm going to sit down and watch a TV show or a movie, I have to be in the right frame of mind to do so. Because I do plan on watching Wednesday on Netflix. I just have not been in the headspace to sit down and watch it. Because I either get caught up in wrestling, like I did yesterday, or... I'm just tired as fuck. Yeah. And then I uh, also have some updates regarding the podcast. Not bad updates, good updates. Chaotic updates, if you will. But um, let's actually start with those. So, last week I briefly mentioned I was introducing... Or a couple weeks ago. I don't know how long ago it was. But recently... Within this recent time frame, I mentioned that I was going to go away with the monthly donations and start monthly subscriptions. And now that I've put that into motion, I can explain the subscription process a little better. So, the too-long-didn't-read version of why I introduced the monthly subscriptions is... I wanted to go back and watch old WWE pay per views, and that was initially going to be the plan for the YouTube channel. But the video editing capacity that I have is not adding up to the capacity, the video editing capacity that would entail for my plan so since i just know how to use basic iMovie and i'm not like a final cut pro person i relegated that idea to the podcast so for six dollars a month you can hear me live live and real time watching old pay-per-views from WWE because there's obviously no way to do that for AEW right now and I did miss out on the Attitude era simply because I wasn't born yet and also I thought I was too cool for wrestling when NXT was on and popping. I was a pop punk kid when NXT was on and popping so I missed all of the great takeover events so we're starting with the TakeOver events. I've already recorded the first one, which I found out was actually NXT Arrival. It wasn't NXT TakeOver. So I've already recorded NXT, the NXT Arrival live watch, which will be up on Monday. But if you subscribe now, you can listen to my live reaction to Survivor Series War Games because yesterday, while I was doing the live watch for NXT Arrival, I decided what is stopping me from doing a live watch of NXT Survivor Series. Because I was going to drop this episode yesterday after the pay-per-view, but then my third eye opened. Why not just... Kill two birds with one stone. Record yourself reacting to the pay-per-view. So, for $6 a month, you can not only hear me react to Survivor Series War Games. You can hear me live watch and react to NXT Takeovers. Because we're starting with the Takeover Series. And then we're going to delve into the Attitude Era. Because that is camp that is entertainment that i just i wish i was alive while that was happening i think i came at like the tail end because i was born in 1997 so i think i was born in the midst of the attitude era so i had no concept of what was going on so for my own curiosity we will be unpacking The Attitude Era. But not only will we be unpacking old WWE pay-per-views, oh no. Because I pay for Peacock Premium, not only do I gain access to premium live events that WWE puts out right now, currently, because I think I'm gonna make the pay-per-view live watches an actual thing for subscribers. Not only do you get live watches of my of current premium live events and old premium live events i have access to total divas and total bellas and for my own curiosity i'm going to binge total divas and total bellas for subscribers for six dollars a month you can hear me critique total divas total bellas not in a bad way but simply because i've i don't know what happened like I I watched like one season of Total Divas and it was when Renee Paquette was on the cast and Nikki was, it was, I think it was the same year John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella at WrestleMania, but I realized I pay for Peacock Premium, I pay for these premium live events, I pay to watch these old pay-per-views. I also pay to watch Total Divas and Total Bellas. What is stopping me? What is is stopping me from watching it? Like, it, it... $6 a month. $6 a month for pure chaos. Pure chaos. I'm actually... You know something? It is my own personal curiosity i'm actually really actually i i missed the whole total divas thing so i i actually want to know what it was all about i actually want to see what it was all about i want to share my thoughts i'm taking notes like i i'm getting full depth analysis of total divas and total bellas I'm not joking. For $6 a month, you get wrestling, you get old pay-per-view analysis and Total Divas and Total Bellas analysis. And you still get the weekly recaps for free. None of that was sponsored, by the way. That was not sponsored by WWE. That was not sponsored by Peacock. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor. But, $6 a month. You can't beat that. Come on now. But yes, Survivor Series War Games is already up. That live watch, it was chaotic. It was it was a time. I'm going to share my actual thoughts, like, p- post-pay-per-view thoughts here. Um, NXT Arrival episode is dropping tomorrow... There's no real schedule for the subscriber episodes. It's kind of just like a when I feel like it basis. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. First of all, I want to like pre-game. This is not on the agenda, but I kind of want to pre-game like Total Divas. Like what is... So, who who was all on the show? Okay, okay. So, I watched season six. Uh, yeah. Because that was when I had just got back into wrestling. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, I'll watch Total Divas for the hell of it. And then I forgot about it after season six. So. I'm excited for the chaos, actually. Very excited for the chaos. It was canceled because of low rating and a lack of interest from those involved. That's fair. Because I feel like at the time... Because I remember when it premiered and when it started. Because that was like... 20... uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Like, I don't know. Like, 2013? Yeah. I remember when it premiered and when it started. And then I remember... Like, Total Bellas had just started, I guess? I don't know. But... I... I remember. I never watched it when... But I would see, like, the little, like... Advertisements for it and the commercials for it. But I also just hate reality television. Like... It's not that I don't hate reality television. It's just it's got to be interesting like I don't care about the housewives because I can't relate to the housewives I watched Jersey Shore and Jersey Shore is the one of the most iconic pieces of media in this 21st century I watched Jersey Shore for the nostalgia you know but yes for subscribers we will be delving into total divas you can skip those episodes if you want i'm not saying you have to but just know that not only you're not just there there's gonna be multi there's more content more content you know and speaking of more content i the youtube channel is it's up i put it in the link tree and go to this link tree and make sure it's working. Yes, I put it in the link tree. It's set up. It's there. You can subscribe to the YouTube. It Just look for the High Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. At some point, I will film and put the wrestling merchandise video up. But if I don't put the wrestling merchandise video up anytime soon, just expect vlogs when I go to wrestling shows because... Hold on. There's notes I forgot to take. So I'm taking them right now. Because not only am I going to vlog when I go to AEW in Fresno. When I go to AEW in San Francisco, I'm going to vlog. There's a West Coast Pro show that I'm going to try and go to. And then I found out there's a new Japan show in February that I'm definitely going to try and go to. So yeah, when I do stuff like that, it'll go up on the YouTube channel. So I'm going to try. So the wrestling shows that I'm aiming to go to within the next year, AEW and Fresno is a for sure thing. AEW, San Francisco, Dynamite. Both of those are Dynamites. There's a West Coast Pro show in February. And the New Japan show also in February. Those four shows. First bits of content for the YouTube channel. But you can subscribe in advance. And then, today, I actually started making wrestling-related TikToks. Because it's the only thing I'm good at on that goddamn app. I can only relate the sounds to events in wrestling. So, I linked my TikTok. If you want to see wrestling-related TikToks. Everything's on the link tree. And on the Anchor website as well, too. So... yeah I'm just making sure everything is where it needs to be on because there's so many links Jesus there's so many fucking links trying to make sure everything is where it needs to be also I just added the podcast to iHeartRadio okay everything is where it needs to be I just added the the podcast just got added to iHeartRadio The link tree is linked to the Anchor website. The Anchor website is linked on the link tree. The link to subscribe is also there. The link to the Spotify and all the other platforms you can listen to the podcast on is also there. The merch store is there. All of the social links and contacts information is there trying to make it as simple as possible since I am high all the time it needs to be as simple as if a toddler could do- use it but let's get in everything so my top 10 horror movies of all time, in no particular order. Even though I will say first, second, third, fourth. Because I'm talking about what's next. What's coming next. Um, But, Freddy vs. Jason. Starting off with the classic. First time I watched Freddy vs. Jason is when YouTube videos were still uploaded in parts. Like... In 10 parts, I watched Freddy vs. Jason. And I also just grew up watching Friday the 13th. So that was my favorite franchise at the time. But... Ultimately... I would rank Friday the 13th higher than I would... A Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, to me, is like... The bottom of the totem pole because there's only two good movies in that franchise, and that is the first A Nightmare on Elm Street and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Those are the only two good ones. Didn't, weren't left with anything else good in that franchise, but, um, second on the list is Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is essentially a remake of the original The Evil Dead. And I, don't, I just enjoy it so much more than the original. Like, the original is good, but when you watch Evil Dead 2, you'll get it. And there was just a period in time where I would get really high and just turn on Evil Dead 2 because it's just that iconic and how I feel about the Evil Dead franchise as a whole as I've gotten older it has surpassed Friday Friday the 13th as my favorite franchise and I have all of them on DVD I just try not to acknowledge Army of Darkness because it's my least favorite of the movies which leads me into my next favorite horror movie evil dead the remake one of the greatest remakes and i'm not just saying that like it lives up to its name and its reputation as one of the greatest remakes horror remakes of all time because it is just it's amazing like What happens in the Evil Dead remake is very tame compared to what happens in Terrifier 2. But it is all the the same on the grossness level. My next favorite horror movie is Barbarian. And it is one of those rare movies that I just, I fuck with it after the first watch. Because it pulled me in within like the first few minutes and that's something yeah that's something that I like in a movie if it could pull me in really quickly I fuck with it but I did a whole there's an episode where I did a whole tangent and spiel on Barbarian you can go back and listen to it if you so please but too long didn't read version just watch it don't watch a trailer. Don't read the plot. Just turn it on. Just turn it on. Next on the list, we have Friday the 13th, Part 7. You're gonna sit up here and tell me Jason Voorhees going up a telekinetic bitch ain't the coolest shit you had ever heard or seen in your life. That was... That is my favorite Friday the 13th movie, Friday the 13th Part 7, because it's just to see the final girl go up against Jason with her telekinetic powers, it's fucking lit. And I believe that is the first Friday the 13th where Kane Hodder plays Jason. Which I recommend his documentary if you haven't seen it. It's called I think it's called Helen Back. The Kane Harder story. Let me look let me look it up. Research. But his story is actually very, very interesting. If you I'm trying to see if he's got a huge Oh, yeah. To Hell and Back, the Kane Hodder story. It came out in 2018. It's a very interesting documentary. Because this dude is one of my... Like, after watching this, this dude is, like, one of my favorite people. Like, my highest compliment that I give to people is Dream Blunt Rotation. Kane Hodder, Dream Blunt Rotation. Because not only did he play Jason Voorhees, he played Victor Crowley in the Hatchet movies, which I also recommend, but this man was burned alive in a stunt gone wrong, and was willing to be burned alive while playing Jason Voorhees and Jason goes to hell. Like what the. F- And then it explains why, then, the one thing I do like about the documentary, it explains why he wasn't Jason in Freddy vs. Jason, because he was going to be Jason, but fucking New Line and their shady asses, yeah, I would just watch his documentary, it's called To Hell and Back, The Kane Hodder Story, it's fucking amazing. I believe part 7 is his first go-round as Jason Voorhees, if I'm not mistaken. Next on the list, Halloween, the 2018 version. I feel like that was a perfect adaptation. Like, as a remake and as a sequel, I feel like it was good on its own. Like, I think it out of the new Halloween trilogy... The first Halloween is probably the best one. Because it continued the story from the original very well. Like, the story was there. Like, they could have just... They could have ended it there. But I feel like each Halloween in this trilogy caters to three different... Types of fans, three different types of subgenres, if you will. If you just want classic slasher remake homage, choose Halloween twenty eighteen, which is what I liked. It I feel like it was a perfect sequel, perfect continuation of the story, and it ma- paid many a homage to the Halloweens before it. Which is why it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I feel like Halloween Kills, if you're someone who's there for the gore, the action, the fast pace of it all, that's for you. And I feel like if you're more of like a psychological or thriller person and you can handle a little bit of gore, Halloween Ends is for you. So there's something alike in each one. Sleepaway Camp. I have a deep, deep connection to Sleepaway Camp. Not only the twist, like, I, the twist to Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp is up there with Barbarian where I just say, just turn it on. Don't even, don't read the plot, don't watch your trailer, just turn it on. Because the twist at the end is fucking crazy. But I personally have a deep connection to Sleepaway Camp because Angela, the actress who played Angela, is married to... He was the lead singer of CKY, but as someone who grew up on Jackass and Viva La Bam and all of the Dig House production shows, CKY is one of my favorite bands of all time. So to hear that darren miller was married to angela from sleepaway camp that like kind of put the icing on the cake because i already love the movie i love cky and you're gonna tell me that the two worlds have collided love to hear that i was actually very disappointed that her role in terrifier 2 was very short like it was it was like cameo length But then again, I didn't see, like, the theatrical, theatrical cut. Because I feel like on the streaming release, they cut some shit out. And these last three on my list, I feel like they explain themselves as my favorite horror movies of all time. The Exorcist. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, I hated the Netflix version. And last but not least, Reanimator. I fucking love Reanimator. Like, I've, I. And I will say, as a horror fan, there are a lot of iconic movies that I haven't seen. But we circle back to the conversation where I have said. Where I say that I have to be in a certain headspace, a certain mindset to sit down and watch something. But now, I've got a little motivation to go watch the classics. Like, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm at the point where I'm just like, I don't care. I saw- I watched the first two Hellraiser movies for the first time this year. At least I saw them. You know? But I do plan, when I need, like, breaks from the pay-per-view rewatches, I'll probably go back and watch some horror movies. I'll just juggle it on and off, because there's no timeline that says I have to, like, watch everything by this certain day, if you will. It's just, just doing it for fun. But yeah, those are my favorite horror movies. They change all the time. But um at some point I will put like all of my horror movie recommendations in a letterboxed list because I just added to the link tree. Like if you are interested in learning about my interests outside of wrestling, I have a link in the link tree. Where I have like my letterbox to my Apple Music, um, like Goodreads for books, like concert art, like all shit like that. That's there. So I'll, at some point I will have a list on Letterboxed with all of my horror movie recommendations. Cause I already have a list up there with my favorite movies, but I'll do horror movie recommendations. Soon. I just drew a blank. Um But yeah, enough horror. I mean there's never enough horror, but we'll circle back to that. I still am planning to watch Pearl and Bodies Bodies Bodies. Let me get an update on that streaming though. Is it on streaming? could go rent it at Redbox, but I need to go get a what's oh, on Apple TV for 5 bucks. Prime for 5 bucks. Okay, okay. Okay. Maybe this week I will watch Pearl cuz it's only like 5 bucks. I thought it was going to be like on streaming streaming by now, but maybe this next week I'll watch Pearl. But let me double check on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Because I heard that wasn't going to get a streaming release at all. And it's also on YouTube for five bucks. So I might watch. That's $10. I might watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And, segueing from that, by subscribing to the podcast, you can support me watching horror movies. You can s- contribute. To me going to wrestling shows in the future. You also add to my gas tank and my grocery fund. And my caffeine addiction. Merch sales. Listens. You don't even have to subscribe because ad revenue. But I appreciate any and all support. I would just like to be fully transparent about where your money goes. Because I'm not hoarding it for personal gain. Although gas and groceries, I feel like that's just a basic life necessity that everybody needs. If you have the privilege to grocery shop and drive. Because not everybody has that privilege. But you get what I'm saying. It's all going to a good cause. It's not going not using your money for bad reasons. Thumbs up. Let's get into the wrestling of it all. Now I'm just gonna get right into Survivor Series. There's no point in getting into Raw and SmackDown because really all I wanted to say about Raw and SmackDown from this week is I like the idea of Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory in a one-on-one feud versus having Seth involved and versus having Brock involved. Like I feel like Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory can really work well with each other and bounce off of each other. I don't know, I feel like it's just, it works. When you see them together, it works. I really want to see them feud. Especially after Survivor Series, I really want to see them feud. And then another note is I mentioned that even though the Judgment Day and the OC have their own issues and the limit to the war games teams was like five on five could you imagine if the oc and the brawling brutes had been involved in war games because i like the brawling brutes, drew and kevin but could you imagine had the oc been involved instead of drew and kevin but that's six on six that would have to be six on six I did, maybe it's just me wanting to see AJ Styles in War Games. But now this kind of, I didn't even think of this until right now, but like, now there's so many, after we had Survivor Series War Games, there's so many wrestlers I want to see in a War Games match now. AJ Styles is one of them. And then for SmackDown, I feel like I enjoyed SmackDown a lot more than I did Raw, even though both of them were just very much like, this is, the pay-per-view is this Saturday, here is how we're going to wrap it up and set things up. The fact that Becky Lynch and Kevin Owens came back just in time for war, War Games made everything 10 times better. And then one last note on SmackDown. Gunther versus Braun Strowman is another match that I am very excited for because I feel like Omos versus Braun Strowman was initially, it was a solid idea but I feel like it was so lackluster I feel like everything about Crown Jewel was lackluster like all of those matches were built up to be strong contenders but fell so flat but the idea of Gunther and Braun Strowman going at it I'm I'm ready for that if it's for the title if it's not for the title I just want to see them get in the ring especially after Friday and then going okay then watching Braun show Ricochet some respect after that little controversy he had where he was like who cares about the flippy floppers I liked that I liked what they did with that I like how they handled that situation instead of like The alternative of what it how it could have played out. But survivor series, survivor series, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I told you guys that the War Games matches were the only matches that were gonna matter. However, Honorable fucking mention to AJ Styles and Finn ba- Like, every match was good except for Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. That's the too-long-didn't-read version. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi had to be the worst match on the card. Everything else was phenomenal. Although, I will rank the triple threat for the United States Championship a little higher than AJ Styles and Finn Balor- Nothing is topping the War Games matches, both of them. Storytelling wise, the men's War Games match was a way better than the women's match, but the women. The women in the War Games match brought their A fucking game. like all the fucking weapons the trash cans the trash can lids like the fact that the women left no weapons for the men by the time their match came around that was so satisfying but um when becky fucking climbed to the top of the cage and did that fucking leg drop are you kidding me Are you kidding me? I mentioned that it was very smart, like when I did the live watch, I do remember myself saying that it was very smart to save Becky and Rhea for last because they were the last ones to enter the cage. Very smart to save them for last. But yeah, no, that was one of my favorite matches of the night, fighting wise. But storytelling wise, holy fuck. The storytelling wise the men's war games match. Don't fucking sleep on Sami Zayn. Like every, every Sami Zayn has been taken as a joke with this honorary U storyline, but from what I saw, not only at War Games but at NXT Arrival, his match with Cesaro, like I d- do not fucking sleep on Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as storytellers, come on now. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as storytellers. The story that those two told. On top of the already strong storyline we got with the bloodline. Like, man. Like, Sami Zayn. Like, they need to drop the honorary from Sami Zayn's title just like they dropped the interim. From Jamie Hader's title. Because after Saturday, there is no more honorary ooze. Sami Zayn is the ooze. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't even want- I don't even- Sami Zayn really sacrificed his friendship with Kevin Owens. To prove his loyalty to the bloodline. Like, you could not write... that. Like, that was that! I'm not even gonna lie, when... When Jay and Sammy finally buried the hatchet, I, a tear came to my eye. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like... The women did so much better in terms of like the wrestling. But as far as storytelling, the men brought it. I'm not even like. Whatever the fuck they're doing with this bloodline storyline is hella fucking smart. I'm with it. I'm actually like, who is next? Because after War Games, I feel like it's done for everybody involved. It's done. Because I was questioning if the Judgment Day and the OC were really going to be done after Survivor Series. No, they're done after that. Because AJ Styles and Finn Balor always put on a classic. And I hella forgot that back in 2017, Finn was aligned with Luke and Carl. I completely forgot about that. But then again, didn't we all black out or block out Vince's era of WWE? I did. Um, I, one criticism I do have about AJ Styles and Finn Balor, however, whoever keeps giving Finn Balor masks, fire them. And, um. Did anyone else. Like. For those who watched the pay per view. Anyone else notice that Austin Theory just walked out. And there were like a bunch of Beyblades on the screen behind him? First of all, I didn't even know they still made Beyblades. Because I'm telling you. When I would come home and watch WB4Kids. Just to. I didn't play Beyblades, but I watched it. Like. It was so weird. All the toys that everybody was obsessed with, I didn't play with. I just watched the cartoons. So like Digimon, Pokemon, Beyblades, Yu-Gi-Oh! I watched them on the WB for kids after school. So I not only was it it was jarring to just see Austin Theory walk out to a bunch of Beyblades, it was just more jarring to see that they still made Beyblades. As someone who grew up when Steve was hosting Blue's Clues, do you know how fucked up it is when I walk into Target and I see Blue's Clues toys in the good year of 2022 when I'm 25 going on 26 years old? Very surreal. It's not going to stop me. Wait, no, they don't even make the handy-dandy notebook anymore because now it's like an iPhone fuck damn I was gonna say don't stop that's not gonna stop me from buying a handy dandy notebook but they changed up the handy dandy notebook so god damn it um but yeah no I would also like to shout out the United States triple threat championship match because that was all three men Like, can we talk about how Seth Rollins used Austin Theory as leverage to curb-stomp Bobby Lashley? Man. There were so many great spots in that match, but for me, the standout was Seth using austin theory to curb stomp bobby lashley also like seth did like seth was probably the standout of the match i don't even care that austin theory won the title like seth was probably the standout of the match and I feel like he knew it because it was like 10 years to the day the Shield debuted so he had to show out a little bit. You know. You know the vibes. But yeah, no, that men's war games match. Did anybody catch Kevin Owens' shirt? Was I the only one that caught Kevin Owens' shirt during the war games match? And who- Who threw, who was it that threw Sami Zayn, like, across the ring, like, it was nothing? I feel like, was that Drew? Like, I was, I, I, Drew threw Sami Zayn across the ring like he was a bag of rice. And then there was, like, a spot at some point in the pay-per-view where it was like an aerial shot of both rings and the cage and it was like five on five in each ring it was so it was a beautiful shot and also roman sitting in the chair the entire fucking time and everybody else was standing The chaos of it all. i That's what I fucking love. But yeah, I know. Survivor Series was great if we just didn't have Shotzi and Rhonda. Like, it. Sur- like, it all would have flowed perfectly if Charlotte had made a surprise return because Charlotte, Charlotte has unfinished business with Rhonda Rousey. Like,. They missed a prime opportunity right there to have Charlotte come back. Charlotte has unfinished business with Ronda Rousey. Raquel Rodriguez wasn't cleared to be ringside. They could have the match was short enough to where they could add a post match beatdown. Who could have came and made the save? Charlotte. Sasha didn't have any unfinished business with Rhonda. Made the most sense to have Charlotte show up to save Shotzi. But you know, I don't work in the writer's room. Remember if you do want to hear my full live reactions to Survivor Series War Games, you can subscribe. And you'll get it for six dollars, but um dynamite and rampage only thing about rampage that I'm gonna say is top flight versus ftr top flight versus ftr top flight versus ftr one of ftr puts on banger after banger after banger classic match after classic match after classic match. Now, the Thanksgiving Eve Dynamite was a pretty solid, like, post-pay-per-view episode. And I have a theory that MJF probably infiltrated BCC from the inside. What if William Regal and MJF has have been in c- cahoots? The whole fucking time. Because when Mox won the interim title, or when Mox won the AEW World Championship this last time, everybody was barely in his corner. Like, even, like, the last few matches, barely anybody from the BCC was in Moxley's corner. So I'm thinking that MJF and Regal have been working in cahoots for as long as the BCC have been lacking in their backup for Moxley. And speaking of FTR putting on bangers, when are we going to get the House of Black and the FTR? House of Black and FTR for the Ring of Honor World titles. Just a question, just an observation, just a suggestion. I also can't fucking wait for Ricky Starks and MJF at Winter is Coming. That's gonna be fucking lit. Because they could have pushed anybody else for that world title and they pushed Ricky Starks. Of all of the people who are deserving... Come on now. And then, no more interim for the women's title. Because I literally last week, last week, I was like, it's hella weird that they still got the interim title. We don't know when Thunder Rosa is coming back or if she's coming back. That is not what I was looking for. There we go. Oh my god, I lost my train of thought in the midst of everything. God damn it. I will say it is a beautiful episode of Dynamite when you fast forward through anything and everything the elite do. Um, but back to what I was saying, I'm really glad they took off the interim title from the women's title, and they actually recognized Tony Storm's reign as a championship reign. Because, like I said, it was very fucking weird that Thunder Rosa was still champ- Like, I- or, no. That's- that's part of what I said, but that's not initially what I said. It was very weird that Tony Khan has given Thunder Rosa numerous chances to return- but she doesn't have a timetable for her return. Interim doesn't work in that situation. CM Punk won the title, broke his foot, had to be out, didn't really get to have a title reign. John Moxley was the interim champion. That's a situation where the interim works. So I also think nobody is taking the title off of Jamie Hayter. Just like nobody is taking the title off of Jade Cargill. You get what I'm saying? So, Jamie Hayter could not have had an interim title run. Who the fuck is beating Jamie Hayter for the title? Let's be real here. The only person that can beat Jamie Hayter and Jade Cargill right now is out with an injury, Chris Statlander. But one thing I am excited for is when Jamie eventually beats the fuck out of Brit for expecting a title shot. Because I can see where this storyline is going. Britt thinks that she's going to get a title shot and it's going to start a feud and it's going to lead to an eventual title shot. But to think, Britt probably thinks that she's going to get handed a title shot because she's Jamie's best friend. Because you saw how she spoke for Jamie when Renee asked her a question. I also saw somebody on Twitter mention that Ty Conti or Ty Mello and Anna Jay would benefit from wrestling in Japan and I agree because they're kind of just not great. And I did mention in a previous episode a while back that they could use a lot of improvement and I feel like they should just definitely go to Japan and get some pointers or even Mexico because I just found out today Sasha Banks has been living in Mexico the past month training yeah absolutely that's why she's not coming back she's in fucking Mexico absolutely but yes my matches of the week we're gonna close it out with my matches of the week I know it was a quick one on the dynamite recap but it's just we just had the pay-per-view we just had full gear there's not much happening in aew right now it's clean slate it's a refresh after full gear it is the mjf and jamie Hader show i'm pretty sure they're gonna start building for mjf and ricky starks which i cannot wait because have you heard both of them on the mic Have you heard Ricky Starks and MJF on the mic? That buildup is about to be so. I cannot wait for the promo battles. They're obviously going to start building a feud between Jamie and Britt over the title. Because that friendship, that title is going to get in the way of their friendship. Jamie's probably going to get a title shot here and there on Dynamite and Rampage. But ultimately, they're setting up for Brit versus Jamie for the belt. Like, choose. Friendship or the belt. The tag division. I want to see the acclaimed feud with the best friends. Because if the best friends can't win the trios titles, at least they can go after the tag team titles. And I feel like the acclaimed and best friends would be a solid tag title feud right now. I'm also excited to see how they're going to build up if they're going to build up Wardlow versus Samoa Joe and eventually do something at like Final Battle or the next pay-per-view. Because I don't know, I feel like we I feel like, I hope the TNT title means we're going to see Samoa Joe more, but like I said, Ring of Honor is dying without a weekly television show because I I personally lose interest in Ring of Honor because there's no weekly television show. The Jericho Appreciation Society is holding half the belts hostage. Like, Ring of Honor needs a weekly show, or they need to incorporate more Ring of Honor storylines in AEW outside of the Jericho Appreci- like- Like, they're, they got Chris Jericho and Claudio right now. That's something. Build up Samoa Joe and Wardlow a little bit more. Give FTR solid contenders for the Ring of Honor tag titles. Like, Ring of Honor's fucking dying right now. But yeah, the Acclaimed versus Best Friends would not be a bad feud for the tag titles. Build up to that. Don't really care about the Trios tournament. There's not much to say about Dynamite until next week. Same with Rampage. But closing it out with my matches of the week and my matches of the week really kind of make up how I feel about like Raw, Smackdown Dynamite Rampage, you know so Jake Hager and Orange Cassidy from Dynamite the six women tag team match from Dynamite and Jericho and Tomohiro Ishii from Dynamite those are my favorites. Also the war games matches from Survivor Series, the United States title match from Survivor Series. Um I don't think I had any favorite matches on Raw and SmackDown this week because I feel like it was I was just No, I barely watched Raw and SmackDown this week because I was out of town for Thanksgiving. And I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving by the way. I forgot it. It came and went so quickly, I damn near forgot, because it's practically Christmas right now. But, um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, the new rundown of things. The subscription-based episodes are not really on a schedule the weekly episodes will continue to drop every Sunday unless like otherwise stated like let me like the only time coming up there won't be an episode will be christmas weekend christmas weekend and new year's weekend i will probably not drop episodes so we got a good i've got a calendar in front of me by the way got a good three weeks of content before i take two more weeks off for the holiday and then i'll be back at it again in the new year um we got those wrestling shows coming up in the new year Uh, again, if you want to subscribe, $6 a month. It's on the Anchor site. It's on the link tree. You can listen to live watches of old WWE pay-per-views and Total Divas and Total Bellas if you do so, please. We aren't there at the Total Divas and Total Bellas situation just yet, but I will let you know when that begins. But right now, we're starting with NXT TakeOvers. The NXT arrival episode will drop tomorrow. And another weekly recap again on Sunday, this coming Sunday. If you are into tarot, health and wellness, check out that account. It's linked in the um in the bio of the socials to the podcast and um yeah subscribe to the youtube in advance there will be content dropping within the new year for those wrestling shows and yeah everything you need is either on the anchor site or in the link tree thank you all for the support hope you all have a hap- had a happy thanksgiving Um, and again, happy holidays coming up because it's practically Christmas. Let's enjoy the calm before the storm. And also, one last thing I forgot to mention in the beginning of the episode. From now until... Damn it, I forgot to mention this in the very beginning. From now until, like, December 11th, If you use the code Thanksgiving, or Danksgiving, D-A-N-K, GIVEN, without the G at the end. From now until December 11th, if you use that code in the merch store, you get $15 off your merch order. Yeah. Because I didn't do, like, a Thanksgiving Black Friday sale. But at least I got there for Cyber Monday, and you're covered from the beginning of... December but there will be a Christmas discount as well too so thank you all for the support if you need anything check the links and I'll catch you guys again next week